Let's say you just bought a house. Bad news is, you're one step closer to becoming your parents. You'll proudly mow the lawn. Ask if anybody noticed you mowed the lawn. Tell people to stay off the lawn. Compare it to your neighbor's lawn. And complain about having to mow the lawn again. Good news is, it's easy to bundle home an auto through Progressive and save on your car insurance. Which, of course, will go right into the lawn. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and other insurers. Discount not available in all stages or situations. Okay, here we go. Now put it in reverse. Got it. Now forward. Okay. Reverse. Now turn the wheel. Alright. Turn the wheel! No! Reverse! Left reverse! Right. Slow the out! Go kill it! Kill it! Kill the owner! There's a reason they say curse like a sailor. I said reverse! Many reasons. Progressive's boat insurance has you covered. Quote today at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Well, we're docked now. Welcome to the NBA Front Office Show. I am your host, Keith Smith, and I am joined, as always, by my co-host, Pete Toll. Pete, how are you? I'm great, Keith. I hope you're doing all right. Glad to be back. Yeah, absolutely. We had a little bit of a break there. Uh, a lot of different things happening. I had a lot of family stuff. Nothing bad, as well as I got that flu that's going around. So that was just mm. absolutely awful. Um, yeah, it was. Uh, you know, I, I couldn't even. Wasn't even one of those enjoyable ones where you can sit on the couch and just you're you're sick but you're okay. Like it was it was it was terrible. And you you hear the other guy laughing in there. That's our producer Connor Elcon. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm I'm glad that you've gotten better and we're we're back <laughs> recording this show. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. And we're back when it matters most. We are headed into the trade deadline. Well, maybe not most, but matters at least a third most um, as we're headed into the trade deadline. Um, we're really excited. We've, we've got a big trade that we're going to break down. So we're definitely going to talk about the Blake Griffin trade as uh, the Clippers traded Blake Griffin to the Detroit Pistons. We're also going to get into some of the stuff that went on with the Nikola Miritich rumored deal to the Pelicans, as well as a little bit of other news. And then the bulk of the show, we are going to spend breaking down what teams we think are buyers or sellers or or either or neither as we head into the trade deadline so let's go ahead and jump right in with the Blake Griffin trade um, basically to give the particulars of the trade it was the LA Clippers traded Blake Griffin and Willie Reed and Bryce Johnson to the Detroit Pistons for a um, protected first round pick one through four protected for the next three seasons and then completely unprotected after that and then uh, one of the more complicated second round picks that's out there in terms of pr- protections. It's a uh, it's an absolute mess. It involves four teams and has passed hands through a bunch of people. So we're not going to get into it, but they'll get a second round pick in 2019. And then three players also went to the Clippers, Tobias Harris, Avery Bradley, and Boban Marjanovic. So that is the uh, trade that went down. So I'm going to go to you first, Con. Were you did, did were you shocked when you saw saw that? Well, let me ask. Were you shocked, and how did you find out? Well, I found out on Twitter, obviously. Um, <laughs> just yep. uh, sitting, I was actually editing another pod for the Bench Mob, and then I looked at the my Twitter, and then I have Woj obviously as a notification because anything he says is news. So I just found out, um, and I was honestly I wasn't that surprised to be honest, like, because. I figured that Blake is a piece that maybe wouldn't move now, but definitely some some uh, 
a player that the Clippers would be looking to at least see what he's worth. And then I know Detroit has been really just flustered and is... I know Stan Van is trying to save his job, and I knew that they were going to do something. I was kind of uh, maybe sort of look at Kevin Love for them might have been a nice piece too to look at. But I mean, getting Blake Griffin for them, it's fine. I don't really know, but for the Clippers, I'm very, very high on what they were able to bring back for a guy like Blake Griffin who's on such a long contract. But um, yeah, that's I wasn't yeah, that no, surprised. So- Hold hold that for one second because yeah. I want to come back to that on the Clippers side. So, Pete, same question to you. How, how did you find out and how, how surprised were you or not surprised? Uh, mine's less interesting. Um, I was actually feeding uh, my son uh, <laughs> dinner and my phone starts going off like rapidly. Um, a friend of mine's son um, actually texted me. He said, no way, Blake Griffin to Detroit. And I'm like, what? I'm like, he doesn't know what he's talking about. You know, he's just a kid and. Sure enough, I, you know, go to Twitter and I look and I'm like, wow, um, you know, couldn't believe that one. Um, I knew that Blake was kind of being shopped around, so to speak, but I didn't think that Detroit was one of the teams that necessarily fit best, um, you know, for him uh, going into it. But um, I know we'll talk more about the other side of the the trade with um, with the Clippers in a second. So I have more to say. On that yeah, we're, we're going to, we're going to get into both sides of it for, it's funny. So for me, I was in the middle of my daughter's basketball practice and we were uh, doing some stuff and I, and I try to be, be a good dad and a good coach and not be on my phone. Cause otherwise, why am I there? Right. And, but yeah, my, my phone just kept buzzing. So I put, finally it was like, I got to see what's going on. And I looked and I, in front of a bunch of seven and eight year old girls, I said, Holy shit. So that's uh, probably not the best uh, thing in a gym that's attached to a church, no less. So, um, so yeah, so that kind of tells you how how my night was going. Mm. But anyway, it was, um, I was shocked. I, you know, I didn't expect it. I, um, but much like I think Khan and, and I know you do, Pete, as well, I listened to the dunked on mock trade deadline and I thought the Kevin Love to the Pistons trade they came up with I was like, that's kind of interesting. Um, I, you know, it's one of those things where I was surprised when it happened with the more I get into it. I'm like, you know, it doesn't really surprise me. So let's get into it from each side. Let's start with, since we all were kind of talking around it a little bit, let's start with the Clippers. And so the Clippers, Tobias Harris comes back. He signed for this year and the next year, $14.8 million. Avery Bradley, expiring contract, as well as uh, Boban, who's got another year left after this year at $7 million. Then the two picks, the, the first round are protected, which is, it's, I mean, unless the Pistons get really lucky in the lottery, it's going to convey this season probably late lottery or very um, uh, early in the, uh, not of the playoff teams if they can rally and get into the playoffs. Because I just, I don't see this pushing the Pistons too far. So what, what to you, so Pete, I'll go to you first on this one. What's the most interesting piece for you that the Clippers got? I actually like Tobias Harris because, I, I mean, he's 20. Yes, he's changed teams. Um, he played, what, for Milwaukee, Orlando, um, and Detroit. So um, changed a couple of teams, you know, a few times. But he's 25 years old, averaging 18 points a game this year. Um, a few people, probably more so the Detroit fan base, thought he potentially could be an all-star um, out of the Eastern Conference, um, you know, Basically, he's your go-to um, second option, I think, potentially long-term. Um, I think that the Clippers still need to try to find a um, long-term number one solution. 
But overall, between Harris and Bradley, those are two very good pieces to have in your lineup. Bradley being a defender who's had a down year, but he can knock down threes. But I like Harris the the most for um, you know the trade coop. So, and, and that's where I think I'm I'm at as well. It's a it's a and I I'll kind of flip it to be almost a trick question. Where I think the most interesting for me is that they got off all that money owed to Blake. Um, but, but of the, but to be, to be fair, since I didn't leave that as an option to you guys, um, I, I do think it is, it is Tobias Harris. Uh, I, I think that is really interesting. Then obviously that first round pick, the Clippers are a team that has given away a lot of first round picks recently. So to be able to have one finally, again, is good that they've either given them away or drafted very poorly. Uh, in the recent season. So so to have one that should be a, a decent one, you know, I think it's probably fair to call it a mid-first rounder, no matter how this season, regular season wraps up for the Pistons. So so that's, it, it's for me, it's a combination between Harris and the pick. What about you, Con? What's the most interesting thing the Clippers get out of this deal? Well, if I were to pick one thing, it would be the, the first rounder, uh, personally, because I think that's they need that moving forward, especially now that they got rid of their star. They need a foundation, and their own first round pick might be middle of the first round, too, or is looking like that. But I think just the combination of what they got, it, I, the Clippers are not a team that are trying to tank. Uh, they have that arena being built and Balmer's Balmer wants to keep a winner in in LA um and the fact that they got Bradley and Harris two quality starters rotation pieces and a first round pick that uh could be anywhere from I don't like 10 to 17 depending on how the Pistons season goes um and just getting both at the same time for a contract that some people see as a negative asset I don't I wouldn't go I I I think it will be a negative asset towards the end of it, but right now Blake is still a star. I think if he if he's healthy again, that's another thing about this trade is Blake always being hurt at one point or another. Um, when he's healthy, he is a really great player. I just don't. And then once we get to the Pistons side, we'll talk about it. I just don't see how the fit is going to work out there. Um, but for the Clippers, I think it's a home run because they established that everything that they needed to. Um, and they were lacking on the wing, and they got two starting wings. They got a first-rounder for the future. And, yeah, they had to take on Boban's bad contract. But, you know, that's that's the price. I don't even think that's that ridiculous. <laughs> um, yeah, and, and I, you know, honestly, I don't know that Boban's deal is all that bad. Because when he plays, he's actually okay. It's just, you know, so $7 million for a guy who, you know, by all respects could be, if they can play him regularly, a decent uh, backup center. I don't think that's too bad. So what I want to get into now is let's stay with the Clippers for a couple more minutes. If let, Let's assume they don't end up trading DeAndre Jordan and Lou Williams, which all the rumors are they're still looking for potential trades there. And each one of those guys, right, they if they do decide, you know, we're, we're going in the tank for the rest of this year, they obviously improve their own pick. They've now got this Pistons pick, and I would assume they could probably get a first for Jordan and a first for Williams or young talent um, either way. But let's let's say that they don't. That leaves them with, by what I'm guessing at, a starting group of Jordan, uh, Danilo Gallinari, Harris, Bradley, and then um, Milos Teodosic. And that, to me, is pretty good. And then you got Lou Williams coming off the bench, along with the, the other guys who really been coming off the bench for them. But that slides a guy, you know, whether it be Tyrone Wallace or C.J. Williams, into a bench role where they're probably more suited. Sam Decker, Montrezl Harrell, Austin Rivers eventually comes back. 
I, you know, if they don't go into the tank, that's a team. If the Pelicans continue to slide back, that's a team to me that can that they they could get into the playoffs fairly easily in the Western Conference. What do you what do you think about that, Con? Oh no, I I definitely uh, think that that's possible, especially because I mean, yeah, Blake Griffin was their star, um, but these two pieces in Harris and Bradley can definitely make the team kind of fit together, maybe even a bit better. Um, and mm-hmm. if if everyone plays. Uh, in their role, I think they can definitely, they definitely have a shot at the playoffs. And I think, I do believe that they will trade DeAndre. I just don't know why, because I don't think DeAndre would stay. But then again, I guess this is a whole nother topic of this situation, is DeAndre's player option and how the market is so restricted. And he's not, I don't know if there's a team that's going to pay him $24 million after everything's said and done, but... I mean, I don't know. That's that's going to be a risk that him and his agent are going to need to take or play out in their minds, see how it's going to go, because that's going to affect the Clippers a lot, too, in the future. Yeah, you know, I think with DeAndre, it really is interesting because he's definitely going to opt out because the reports came out, and I, I, I apologize because I don't remember who said that, so maybe it was Brian Windhorst or somebody, but I might be missing on that, so I apologize, but was... He's definitely going to – no, I actually think that back – I think it was Ramona Shelburne who said he's going to opt out because he'd rather have like a three-year, you know, $40 million contract than just the one year, which makes sense. He's, you know, at that point in his career, he's, you know, getting to be a little older. But what's to say he opts out and doesn't – what if the Clippers do a couple things and he just resigns? You know, I, I could I could see that. You know, I, I, don't, I don't think Dallas is going to come chasing him this time around. It doesn't make sense for the, the other cap space teams like the Hawks or the Nets or even the Bulls. Uh, you know, the Pacers probably not. The Crosstown Lakers, I, I don't know that one. I can't really see. And then Philly, yeah, I don't know. Those, and those are your teams that are most likely to have cap space. So so I'm just not sure that they, to think what you were getting at, Con. I just don't think there's that market. So, so I'm not... You know, I, I'm not sold that he – I think he definitely opts out, but I'm not sold that he leaves the Clippers. That said, moving him in a trade, now if a team can get him opt out and then they have his bird rights, that's a whole different story. And, and I think that is something they need to consider because that would make a lot of sense for them just as far as, you know, kind of rebuilding that that asset chest. But, Pete, I'll, I'll throw you the same question I threw to Khan. If they kept it together with the group that they have now, is that do you think that's a playoff team in the West? I mean, I think it's obviously a playoff team based on, you know, Utah struggles a lot of the time, um, you know, to score, let alone, you know, later in games, um, even if they are close. Um, And then the Pelicans are ravaged by by injuries. I mean, they just don't have a a lot left. So if you look at Lou Williams kind of coming off the bench, you know, you could always kind of stagger guys, um, you know, there as far as like Avery Bradley to be a defender to help him. Yes, you're going to lose a lot of size in the backcourt because that is a small backcourt. Um, but it would kind of, um, you know, shore up some of the deficiencies that Lou Williams does have on the defensive end. Now, where Austin Rivers is going to fit into there and, and how Doc kind of plays that rotation, I'm not sure. And I'm all for, you know, kind of playing um, or playing the, you know, call up or um, kind of conversion game with Tyrone Wallace and um, CJ Williams. I think both of them deserve a full NBA contract and, and hopefully they get it. So I'm kind of leaning towards trade both Lou Williams and DeAndre Jordan. But I, like you guys already said, it's it's a little bit, um, you know, hard with, with DeAndre as far as 
um, if he hits free agency. So you've got to look at teams now, like maybe Washington could, you know, look at, you know, upgrading um, at center there. Um, you know, there's a couple other options for DeAndre. I know Milwaukee and stuff like that, but we'll have to see. Yeah, it's interesting, too, and I want to touch on you touched on the two-way guys, and one of the things we pride ourselves on this show is we talk about everybody. And, you know, C.J. Williams was great for them. Then he, he's been hurt. He's had an ankle injury, so he's been out for a while now. But Tyrone Wallace has come up, and he has played amazing. He is. He was a big point guard in college, and he's really been playing off the ball quite a bit for them. But when he gets the ball, he's a good playmaker. He's a really aggressive player. Not a great shooter. That that's where he needs his most work. But he can really, really pass the ball. He can break down the defense. So he's somebody to watch. It's this Clippers seems actually been a lot of fun, even though they they haven't been very good and they've had so many injuries. And just to kind of reset the playoff picture, and we're we're recording this on. Wednesday, the 31st of January, they are currently a half game behind the Nuggets for the eighth seed, and they're only three games behind Portland for the sixth seed. So they're really right there. It's, you know, it's not a not, not a stretch by any means to think that this team can't get in there. And the, the Pelicans, they're, they're starting to look a little... Little slippery without without Demarcus Cousins. So, um, you know, we're not going to spend a lot of time on that one. But that just sucks. Cousins was playing the best basketball of his career. You know, we we hope he gets healthy and gets back on the court. And we're, we're going to talk a little bit about them in a couple minutes and what went on with them and the rumored Nikola Mirotic trade. But let's let's wrap it with Blake. Let's move over to the East now to the Detroit Pistons side of this trade. And you know, for me, it's I just don't like it. I I, this is where the numbers and the math get to me too much um, versus the right now. I don't think Blake makes them anything more than a middle of the conference kind of play or middle of the playoff picture kind of team. I don't even know that they can get there this season, but even next year, I just, I just don't see a pushing back. I worry about his injury history. And when you look at the money he is owed in the future seasons, that's just, that absolutely terrifies me. And this is one of those moves that I feel like only happens when your coach also runs your front office because he wants to win now. And then he's looking at it as, well, then I've got the guy later. But after the season, $142 million owed to Griffin. And I just, I don't know. That really, you know, I, I'm not sure they're capped out for at least the next couple of years um, with Griffin and Andre Drummond and Reggie Jackson. So that worries me. Bryce Johnson and... Uh, gosh, I already forgot. Uh, Willie Reed, who cares? Right? Neither one of them, they're going to do anything for this team. Um, they're, you know, end of the rotation kind of players. So that's, that had nothing to do with it. They were, you know, salary throw ins to make everything work. But it, yeah, I, I don't know. So, Pete, I'll let you kick this one off. What, where do you think this leaves the Pistons? Uh, it's tough. I, I'm still not sold on them, you know, being a legit playoff team. I think obviously it's going to bring, you know, fans into the building and, and, you know, excitement because it's Blake Griffin, you know, even though he's lost athleticism, he still, you know, has some highlights here and there. But just the way the roster is constructed when you have Langston Galloway, you know, as your two guard and then, you know, Luke Kennard, who's a rookie, although he's, you know, shot the ball well, he just doesn't seem to get, you know, consistent minutes, you know, and he's not looking to, you know, to score and, and shoot a, a lot of shots. And then Stanley Johnson and Reggie Bullock at, you know, the small forward, like where are you going with that? You're kind of looking at moving Stanley Johnson and Reggie Bullock hasn't really shown much 
his entire career. So I don't really know overall constru- currently constructed how this team is going to fare, you know, this season, let alone going forward. So I don't know if this is a last hurrah for Stan Van Gunny to, to try to save his, you know, front office job um, and maybe even his, his coaching job. Um, you know, not really sure. I just, I don't like the fit next to Drummond, um, even though they are going to stagger him. I just, I don't like, like the fit. Yeah, you know, and it's interesting. You you and I are both Duke guys. You're, I think, probably a bigger Duke fan. I'm more of a Coach K kind of guy. But, but I think so. I think we both like Luke Kennard. I think we both like him quite a bit. But he's really shown the ability. Of, he, he's a good passer, but he's not a playmaker. So it's really for him, it's more just about he's just a shooter at this point, and And he can't create anything. I just don't know how without – Reggie Jackson, and who knows when he'll be back. I don't know how much offense this team can really create. I think Blake's a, he's gotten much better at that. But I just, I don't know. I think their wing wing group now is, it's it's among the worst in the NBA, to be quite honest. I, I'm not, I like Stanley Johnson, but not as a starter on a playoff team. Kennard, you know, he, he's all right. And then, you know, Reggie Bullock, I mean, he's had a, probably the best season of his career, but then that's it. That's There's nothing else there. So, yeah, it, it's really an uninspiring group. Um, Con, let, let's see if you, you feel different than Pete and I and can drag us out of this little uh, spiral <laughs> on Pistons hate. Um, um, or, I, or, or you can drag us down. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like it's going to be keeping the same vibe going. I, <laughs> yeah. I just wanted to, like, for me, the way the league's going with wings, like, if I'm building a team, I would want as many wings as I can have on my team. And and if if I want to go with the big man kind of route, we already saw how that kind of works and maybe with the Pelicans. And that's not an original take. Everyone's comparing this team to the Pelicans, but a lower version of them. But the Pelicans only had a chance to work because they have debatably the two best big men in the league. And they can both shoot and they can both pass. And... Uh, Drummond and Blake can, yeah, they can play make a bit, but Drummond can't shoot at all, and Blake Griffin's just getting into his kind of long-range form a bit more. But again, he's really injured, so it's it's just giving up your wing depth for a big that fits next that doesn't fit as well, maybe next to a Drummond type. Um, the only maybe saving grace is Blake is good and used to playing with a big that is mostly dependent on his athleticism and rim finishing um that plays kind of near the basket instead of stretch of the floor because he's played with deandre for so long i just would have liked to see them maybe give up a 2019 first um because i think they need one more uh young talent to just kind of develop a core but then again this might be the best year they have with Blake depending on whether or not he declines so they might want their future first instead so and I know the Clippers weren't going to do a deal like this unless it really blew them out of the water and I think this package was just enough to make that happen for them this podcast is brought to you by ADT when it comes to something as important as your family safety you need real protection with ADT what does real protection mean for you 
Well, real protection means you can get all of the latest innovation in smart home security from ADT combined with 24-7 monitoring from the most trusted name in home security. You'll get a team of professionals designing and installing a secure smart home just for you, including 18,000 employees safeguarding you and your family, along with a connection to first responders. Your secure smart home includes everything from video doorbells and indoor and outdoor cameras to smart locks and lights controlled from the ADT Go app or the sound of your voice. You can also get professionally monitored carbon monoxide and smoke detectors. Everything is custom designed to fit your home, all from the nation's number one smart home security provider. You can even get safety on the go in the car or when the kids are at school with the ADT Go app with an SOS button. Ready to learn more? Visit ADT.com backslash podcast to learn more about how ADT can design and install a secure smart home just for you. Yeah, so for me, kind of, we'll close the book on this one. It is one of those things, like I said, where you're when you're coaching your front office guy or the same guy, you get some questionable decisions. All of that said, I don't know what else the Pistons were going to do. They're just they're they're not they're not good. They're not really interesting they're, to me. Um, they've been one of the teams I've found hardest to watch this entire season. I just you know when they're the only game on, it's kind of like oh, all right, you know I'm gonna watch it. But I just, I, I don't, I don't know. There's not very little I enjoy about this team uh, outside of, you know, the actual guy I like watching most on the entire team is Eric Moreland because I just, that guy's an animal and goes after the ball. Ish yeah, I, you know, <laughs> it's when, when Ish Smith is doing things where he's, you know, that one out of every five games where he's breaking teams down off the dribble and getting to yeah. the rim with abandon, I guess that's kind of fun. But, you know, I, I don't know. And, and it, Avery Bradley was not the player he was in Boston, so that doesn't, you know, that part, you know, maybe it just made me sad because <laughs> I've watched every game he had played until this year. So, so it's it, it's tough with the with the Pistons. It's you know, maybe this will get people excited. Maybe it'll work. We'll we'll have to see. So more to come on that one. Um, but real quick, all right, any closing thoughts? Yeah, yeah go yeah, ahead. I, I wanted to say two things. One, this move is reminiscent in terms of just how it looks to the fans as the same as like the Bulls signing Dwayne Wade and Rajon Rondo like getting not similar in terms of play style but like hey oh we got Dwayne Wade we got Rajon Rondo this is like hey we got Blake Griffin um it's kind of like it sounds better than maybe it's gonna turn out um but again we don't know well let's see them play first right um and also I wanted to mention uh Bobby Marks couple tweets um that he set out just the trade mechanics here um the Detroit Pistons actually got Oh no, the Clippers got two trade exceptions for Bryce Johnson and uh, Willie Reed for um, $1.5 and $1.4 million. And then the Pistons got a $7.1 million trade exception for Boban Marjanovic. And that's just the way they made the math work. Um, The Pistons put together, uh, they got Blake and either Bryce or Reed for Harris and Bradley. And then Boban, they just sent over. That's how it looks on their books. And then for the Clippers... Uh, they gave away Blake Griffin and got back Harris, Tobias Harris, uh, Bradley, and Boban. And then they got Bryce Johnson and Billy Reed separately for those picks. Um, and that's kind of how it looks from the Clippers side. I just wanted to mention that. No, and that's, and that's great because that takes it right into the heart of the show. And this is the, the kind of deep salary cap nerd stuff we get into. And what's important to know with trades is each team can structure a trade in the way that is maximum benefit for them. Um, and that's exactly what you saw here was it was, you know, in all reports and on paper and for what 
what 99% of basketball fans care about. It was the three players and a couple picks for three other players. But by structuring it the right way, you create trade exceptions, you create a little more flexibility for yourself with those kind of things, you know, and it's always, sometimes people will ask me questions, whether it be on Twitter or in other avenues, like why do teams care about these trade exceptions? You want to have every possible tool you can in the team building process. Even if you don't use it, it's was still better to have it than just not have it. So, so that's the reality on it. So, all right, let's let's move on to our next topic. And I know you mentioned them, so let's move right into it. The Chicago Bulls. Uh, it looked like at this time was it yesterday? I believe that it looked like they were going to get a deal done for Nikola Mirotic, sending him to the. New Orleans Pelicans for Omer Ashik and what sounded like a first-round pick. What raised my eyebrows immediately, again, being a cap nerd, was I almost instantly said, wait a minute, that doesn't work because the Pelicans are hard-capped at the tax apron, so they're actually taking on a little more money this year, and that little more money was just enough. So, so I speculated that maybe they might send out Tony Allen, which would have cleared just enough space under the hard cap or something along those lines. For me, I, I, it sounds like, from all reports now, it sounds like the Pelicans refused to, well, all right, let, let's, let's, let's re, re, reset and explain what happens here with Nikola Mirotic. Nikola Mirotic has a de facto no-trade clause. Now, a lot of people have asked, well, why does he have that? Well, the reason he has that is because he is essentially playing under a one-year contract. Any free any player playing on a one-year contract that will have full bird rights or early bird rights at the end of that contract gets a no-trade clause. Because if they're traded along the one-year contract, they lose their bird rights and they become a non-bird free agent. So to put that really simply, it limits how much they could get paid if the team that trades to them wants to re-sign them. This came up repeatedly with Greg Monroe, if you remember when, the, when he was a Pistons free agent and he signed the qualifying offer. This came up over and over and over again because he was going to have bird rights so they couldn't trade him without his permission. So that's what Miritich is looking at right now. He's got this no-trade clause. Now, he does have a second option year on his contract. It's a team option. So if the Bulls said, we're not going to let you deny trades or uh, decline going somewhere, the, the Bulls could exercise that team option, which then makes it a two-year deal, which Miritich now no longer has a no-trade, and they could trade them wherever they wanted as long as the trade's legal. But then, so let's use the Pelicans in this example. Now the Pelicans, instead of taking on a one-year, uh, $12.5 or so million dollar contract, now they're taking on a second year of $12.5 million because it's fully guaranteed if that team option is picked up. And now all of a sudden you've got a guy who doesn't look as good um, because he's on an expiring contract. He doesn't help out or anything. So what all reports are is the Pelicans said, no way do we want that second year right now. So the Bulls couldn't exercise it before they trade him, nor did the Pelicans say, we'll exercise it when you're traded. And then Miritich then said, then, I'm, then I'll stay right where I'm at. I don't want to go. Now, before I kick it over to you guys, one other thing I want to mention is I thought Woj had a really good tweet, and he said, this is dead for now. And that's the important thing to note here. Because of all these moving parts, 
Miritich is no trade. Miritich is team option. The fact that the Pelicans need to move another deal to get under the hard cap, there's a lot of things that have to happen to make this work in, in a trade like this. And sometimes it's, do we have a functional agreement or the framework of an agreement? All right, now we'll get back to the table and we'll work out these details and figure it out. So I would not be surprised if this comes back up. And right before we started recording tonight, news broke that the Bulls have said, we're just going to sit near a titch until, until the trade deadline. Um, we're, we're, you know, that's a little bit of a let's protect ourselves because if he gets hurt, no one's going to trade for him. So let's go to you first, Con. On this this one, what what were your initial thoughts? Who like how did you feel about this trade for Chicago and New Orleans? Yeah, so yeah, so for for the Chicago side, my ideal kind of return for Miritich would be a first a late first rounder or some kind of first rounder plus expiring money, and that's really Utah at this point with either Joe Johnson or Derek Favors, and I don't know if Utah is willing to give a first. Um, but if that doesn't happen, which if the Bulls are looking to bring back the contract of Omer Sheik, it seems like. Um, Utah is not willing to do that, or I, I don't know what's going on behind the scenes there. But for I, I liked it for the Bulls for sure because if you can get a first round pick for um, Miritich, that's huge. That is a lot more than you expected to get out of him when you signed that contract. Um, and for the Pelicans, it's I think he can definitely play with Anthony Davis this year. They they definitely want to still make the playoffs. I know Boogie went down, but I. They are not trying to be out of the playoffs yet again. And I think Miritich can really stretch the floor, and he's been playing really well this year. Um, I think the one thing is, though, if, I mean, Omer Sheik makes $10.6 million this year and and 11.3 next year, that's only $1.2 million off next year. And I know this year is kind of where the, the problems are rising, but you could attach... Darius Miller, Dante Cunningham, or Rajon Rondo to that deal if you want, or even an Ian Clark to, to make it work this year. Um, and next year, you're getting a productive player in Miritich and getting off completely right at what is now completely dead salary in a chic. So I think the Pelicans are taking a hard look at what they, they have on the table. And if they can't find something better to clear that money, I, I don't know if they have a better option than this. What intrigues me the most is the protections on that pick. If it's lottery protected, then I'm like, okay, I'm going to be a Bulls and a Pelicans fan this year because I want the Bulls to get that pick. But if it's top 10 protected, then it's then it's awesome for the Bulls because I don't know if the Pelicans will drop that far down. But I like this deal. Um, and I don't know if the Bulls are going to be major players and like free agents for like a top-level free agent, so taking on that salary wouldn't be too detrimental to them. Yeah, no, definitely. And that's and that's an interesting you know, thing there is, uh, I like what you broke down the next year impact if, if the Pelicans did take on Miritich, which, you know, why not? Like, that's kind of my thought is, they're not going to have enough cap space no matter what to get a better guy than Nikola Miritich, and now all of a sudden your big man rotation, let's be optimistic and assume you know, DeMarcus Cousins can get back at some point. And they resign Now you've got David. Yeah, and they resign. Yeah, obviously. Um, so, but if they did, down your your kind of three big man rotation is Cousins, Davis, and Miritich. I really, that's maybe the best big man rotation in the entire NBA. And what, what it also does is if you have another quality guy, you can really ease Cousins back in. You're not going to have to rush him back. Not that I don't think they would, because if they resign him, they're making a massive investment. But it's it's you're not going to rush him back any more than you know you might be willing. You might even be willing to take it even slower. 
with with uh, Boogie. So that's that's really interesting to me. Is I think they they could really do some some interesting stuff with making this, and then just getting off that money owed to to Ashik is just so huge. It's because he's just he's. I know he's playing now, but that's completely out of necessity. And good on him because it's good to see him back healthy enough to play. But he doesn't offer anything for for what he's signed for. And I know a lot of people are like, well, that that third year, or you know, in twenty nineteen twenty, it's only three million dollars guaranteed. Well, yeah, but it's still three million dollars. So, so Pete, what were what were your thoughts had this trade gone down? I'm gonna ask you a little different. How did you who who do you feel would have ultimately been the the winner of this deal? Mm. Um, long term, the winner would have been Chicago, but right now, obviously, it would be um, you know Miritich and the Pelicans because obviously the playing time is there next to Davis because Davis would switch to center. Um, it would help ensure that the Pelicans, you know, could maybe stay afloat in the West and you know stay in the playoff hunt. Um, but I actually liked it for for the bull side of it because of getting that you know potential first round pick. But um, and also it freed up kind of the rotation of of Markinen, um, Lopez, and uh, Portis and and Felicio. If you wanted to like kind of bring him back into the rotation, um, it kind of eased the the minutes you know um, divided up there. But um, ultimately. Um, I'm more for kind of like what Con touched on earlier. I'm more for the Miritich to Utah for, you know, kind of like a Derek Favors um, trade. But if I don't, I'm not like a huge, you know, dive into the cap guy like you two are, but maybe the Pelicans could move somebody like Tony Allen's contract somewhere. And maybe, I don't know if that impacts it any to get underneath, um, you know, what they need for, for Miritich, but I could definitely see them trying to come off of, of Tony Allen, maybe even, um, uh, check Diallo um, as well, possibly. Yeah, I don't know about Diallo just because I think he's the only kind of even remotely exciting young talent. Not that Anthony Davis is old. So I think they do him. I think it'd be Allen. I mean, I know he's just finally back now and, and able to play. So I think he would be the one. They definitely, did. if it wasn't clear before, they definitely would have to do something else to clear enough money under the hard cap because they're, they're basically – right there they're 1.2 million under and a few people have said but they're not that close well the reason why is because drew holiday has 5.4 million dollars in unlikely incentives in his contract and against the hard cap those are applied because if he trips those bonuses then you he would get that money and then they could potentially be over the hard cap and you're not allowed to do that under any circumstances so so it is it's interesting i you know, for this year for the Pelicans, for me, I, I like I like it, but I don't love it because that puts all of the center minutes on Anthony Davis because literally nobody else on the roster could play the five. So that's going to put them all, at least with Oshik right now, he can you know come in and give them 10 minutes a game and give Davis a little bit of a break where what was really working well for them, their, their big man trio was Davis, Cousins, and Cunningham whenever Cunningham was in, the other guy was the five. So that was really, you know, kind of the way they were working it. And Davis, I know he's he's doing it out of necessity, but we all know he does not like playing the five. He does not want to be the five at all for that team. So so it's I, I like it. I would have liked it better if they could have, you know, maybe 
yeah, I, I don't know, somehow steal another big man. Maybe they can clear enough space to go get one on the bio market if, if this deal comes back around and goes live, you know, for that. So it's you know, cer- certainly interesting. A lot of complexity, a lot of moving parts. As a cap nerd, I loved it because I was like, oh, this is awesome. Look at all these things that have to happen, you know, for, for this trade to go through. And, and I know a lot of other people are like, this is stupid. Why is this not just done? You know, but so, so you're going to love the CBA to, to love trades like that. Uh, one other guy who news broke just as we were, you know, pressing the record button basically is Tyreek Evans of the Memphis Grizzlies. Uh, Woj reporting that that trade talks, let me make sure I get this right. Trade talks have intensified enough that they are going to sit him as well until a deal is completed. Now, that one's interesting because uh, the Miritich was he won't play until the deadline passes. Um, as they try to find a deal, uh, Evans was until a deal is completed. So I would say uh, Tyreek Evans, his stay in Memphis was a short one. And it sounds like he'll be out of there within the next week or so. Um, no shortage of shoot- suitors for uh, Evans, who's having a great year. Probably the best year he's ever had at this point, if you really look at it. Um, just doing doing a lot of really nice things. So I think it will be uh, it'll be interesting to see how... Um, you know, where that goes. So, so Pete, I'll go to you first. What, what's your just, what's your favorite destination for Evans? Well, realistic. Philly. Well, I'm realistic say. destination too, I should say. Uh, I mean, Philly hmm. could still be your answer. That's fine. I mean, I don't know that it's like, that would be like the most realistic though. I don't know how, um, you know, intensified the, the talks with them have gotten. Um, hmm. I'd have to, you can come come back to me. Go to Con. You can come back. All right, Con. Think favorite, about it a little bit more. Favorite Evans destination. Well, actually, I think for me it's the Pelicans. <laughs> um, ah, if if they right. want to still stay competitive, and this deal with the Miritich deal combined, uh, it, it's it raises interesting questions in terms of win now mode and what you should do for the future of your franchise because both of these teams, be it the Bulls or the Pelicans, they or or Memphis, they want first rounders for these guys that are having the first time such good seasons, right? Miritich, we've seen flashes one month here, one month there, but this is the first time that he's actually played this well. And um, Tyreek, again, he's on an expiring $3 million deal, so it's win-now mode. So a team that's trying to win might be willing to give their first-round pick. But, I mean, especially for the Miritich and Pelicans thing, I think it makes sense because we know what the Pelicans are trying to do, but I don't know if a first-rounder is worth giving up with the way, like you said, Chike Diallo might be their only young, exciting player besides Anthony Davis. They might need to replenish that young, uh, some sort of young core with that pick. Um, and again, with this Tyreek deal, I don't think he's worth a first rounder because one, you don't know if he's going to play again this well next year. So it's only a first rounder for half a year of peak Tyreek Evans, which I don't know if that's worth it. Um, but the Memphis is doing well to sell high on him now when he's playing so well. Yeah, no, Memphis would do well to get a first round out of him. Um, Memphis needs to get any young talent they can have, and then they need to draft well also because they, they their draft record is atrocious. It's absolutely awful. Really, they haven't drafted until drafting Dylan Brooks this year. They haven't picked a single good player since Mike Conley. 
And we're at the point now where I think we all feel like Mike Conley's kind of old, so that's that's just pathetic on there. Obviously, my favorite uh, Evans destination is the Boston Celtics. I think he gives them everything they need. They need another guy who can create offense, especially off the bench. I think he would be a wonderful fit there. I think Brad Stevens would help unlock him as a player. He essentially would become what Evan Turner was for the Celtics. And, and, you know, for me, because of Boston having so many first-round picks, I think they're a team that's in a position that could give give up their own first-rounder. You know, maybe you top, maybe lottery protector or top 20 protector or something, just in case the whole season goes to crap somehow, you're protected. But that's not going to hurt them to give up that pick because they've got so many others. So I think that's a... Uh, a place that just worth kind of watching and seeing what happens with Evans. So, um, you know, he, but it sounds sounds like his time in Memphis is done and he will be traded. And we're, uh, you know, going to gonna be watching that. That's the, at least at least that gives us one we know to watch for the next uh, week or so here till the trade deadline. Now, we are going to take a quick break and then we're going to come back. We're going to get into some buyers and sellers as we head into the trade deadline. We're going to go alphabetically by city through the NBA. We'll get through as many as we can here and whatever we don't finish, we'll get into on the next show. So we'll be right back with you. Welcome back to the NBA Front Office Show. We are part of the Almighty Baller Podcast Network. My name is Keith Smith. I'm joined by my co-host Pete Toll and our producer Connorell. We are going to get into now buyers and sellers heading into the trade deadline. So I will start us off with the Atlanta Hawks. I will go first on what I think they are because I think this is probably going to be no question if we're all in agreement on this one. They are a seller. I wish we had, what was that show, Mad Money? Maybe Pete's probably the only one old enough to remember that. Kanye too young for that, but it was like sell, 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 right? Um, that's a, I, I think that's a, I wish we had that sound effect because that's what what the Hawks are going to do. They, they've got more uh, sellable pieces than, than a lot of teams do. Uh, for me, the guys that you want to watch are Ursan Ilyasova, uh, Marco Bellinelli, and. Um, there's somebody else I'm missing. Who is it I'm looking to? Uh, potentially Dwayne Dedman, uh, if they could get the right offer for him. Uh, but definitely Ilya Silver and Bellinelli. And what we're going to do is we're going to pick buyer, seller, either or neither, and then say the player we think is um, probably most likely to get traded, not the one with the most value. So for me with the Hawks, I'm going to say it's an absolute tie between Bellinelli and Ilya Silva because Ilya Silva feels like he gets dealt at every trade deadline. And then Bellinelli just he's got a ton of value as a expiring. Oh, I know another guy I forgot. Luke Babbitt could have some uh, some potential out there as a minimum contract guy who can shoot these. Actually, shot the ball really really well the last few years. So, all right, Pete, buyer seller, either and neither for the Atlanta Hawks, and who's their most tradable player? Seller for the Hawks, and I'm going Bellinelli. Um, just as you said, you know, kind of very close between Elias Ova and Bellinelli, but. Um, if I think if they could get like kind of a blow me away deal, maybe even Kent Bazemore could be in some kind of package, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't count on that one. But I think Bellinelli 100% is getting moved. Yeah. I think just maybe a little bit too much money for Bazemore left on, on that contract yeah. after this year, but he's, he's had a nice bounce back here. He's played, played pretty well this season. All right, Con, same questions. 
Yeah, I mean, it's not going to be different. I just wanted to say, I kind of feel whenever I see like a mid-level or mid-level type expiring deal, I always feel bad for the guy because he's going to be part of every trade discussion of that yep. team. <laughs> um, <laughs> Absolutely. So, Ilyasova fit that mold. And yeah, one of them or both of them should be moved. Both of them can make more interesting uh, trade math with other teams. Um, with bad salaries that might want to give up a first with that bad salary. So I think a combination would be interesting. Yeah, so that's a good one because this is just no worry. I spent too much time on each team. But one of the things I thought of with them is you could do Bellinelli and Ilyasova together, send back a larger bad salary to the to the uh, Hawks and maybe attach like a pick to it. So they're getting a pick and a bad salary and maybe throwing a second or something like that. It was some of it's kind of floating around in my mind because those two guys that together they could help a lot of teams. Mahimi so, uh, would be interesting. Like, yeah, it would be. And they could use another big, um with uh, you know, just a, another big in general and Bellinelli, they're still they're still looking for that shooter because Jody Meeks hasn't been that guy for them. Yeah, that's interesting. I I hadn't really thought too much about the you know i have to take the blinders off on i it used to be in the nba you never made trades within your own division and now it's like no one cares about divisions anymore so um except for the toronto raptors who love their division banners so um sorry i had to take a shot at the right shot um <laughs> all right let's move on boston celtics buyers or sellers con you can go first um i think they're buyers but not i'm more neither than 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 buyers or sellers really i think they're gonna okay i think they're gonna test the market for thing for for certain things i think they're they're still trying to uh wait for that big move the big splash they want to pull um with all their assets and their first rounders um whether that be anthony davis or some other disgruntled star that becomes disgruntled in the next year or two um so i think they're gonna be fairly quiet but if i if i were to say most likely to be moved i would say shane larkin just because of that expiring deal or aaron baines just the expiring deals but i i don't see them making too many big moves you you just made celtics fans all excited when you mentioned celtics and anthony davis in the same sentence <laughs> like, not, not right now celtics not fans. right now maybe later yeah no yeah Let, let's end that one right now it's <laughs> not happening this year if anything maybe this summer and probably not even then all right pete celtics buyer sellers and who uh i would say buyers potentially um what about a guy like Ilyasova to just kind of be deaf as you know coming off the bench as a as another shooter in the front court you know i know you're the boston guy keith i mean would you you know kind of say that's something realistic that you know could happen for the celtics I, you know, you know a month a month or so ago i would have been all about that the right. challenge is marcus morris looks really healthy now and he's giving him good minutes and so is daniel tice hmm. and so for me i i think they'd rather just roll with those two guys than adding another guy into the mix and they they still like semi ogele quite a bit too I want to make sure they have minutes for him. So it's, uh, yeah, I, you know, it's it, it, a month ago I would have been all about that one. He was one of the guys I had eyes on I was, as well. I spent a lot of time trying to figure out how can they get both Bellinelli and Ilyasova. And uh, <laughs> it came, came up empty more often than not, but it's, uh, it's definitely interesting. You know, for me with the Celtics, I will say that they are buyers, but cautious buyers. If they can get something done for a Tyreek Evans, that doesn't cost them very much. I could see that. Um, oh, Pete, I didn't get let you say you're a tradable guy. You're a guy most likely to be traded. Sorry. Let's um, go back to you. To be honest, I mean, I don't really know that they're... Mm, 
That's a that's a tough one. Um, yeah, I don't know that there is one on this team. I, yeah, you know, I, I think say, there's nobody the that right sticks route. out really. I mean, Con picked a perfect somebody like lower yeah. level like Shane Larkin. I mean, nobody is yeah. like you know standing out to me. Yeah, for me, the the guy I think is most likely to get traded might be maybe like an Abdel Nader, who's signed to a really good cheap contract and still has some interest, even though he's not, you know, summer league Abdel Nader where people already put him in the Hall of Fame in Boston. Um, he's he's not that guy, so it's uh it, it's interesting. I you know, and going back to what I was saying before, I think cautious buyers is where I have them. I don't th- I don't I do not expect a big blockbuster move. It, it's just not it's too hard for them to put together the salaries what without a, gutting what the about team. The, the disabled player exception that they still have yet to use. Yeah, that's so, something that so I feel yes. like they need to just take a player into that. One thing that I was thinking if the Lakers are trying to move from Randall, a first round pick for Randall would be great, I feel like for, for this yep. team. But again that's, they, that's absolutely yeah. Yeah, so that is one, you know, that kind of interests me if they wanted to do that. It, it's, again, that's one of those things where really the Celtics and Lakers are going to do a deal, but it's happened before. They have done trades with each other before. The Gary Payton trade was one of them, uh, Rick Fox as well. So so that's, uh, you know, that, that one's out there. Um, you know, I, I tend to think they're not going to use that in trade. I think that Danny Ainge is going to save that for buyout season and then be able to just outbid basically anybody. For whoever he wants, so that that's just that's just a thought I've had because I think they've had opportunity where they could have used it. I think if they wanted to throw Memphis a first and use that to take in Evans, they do it right now. But one thing that's interesting is I wouldn't be surprised if they, I do think they're going to come away with Evans. I'm not reporting anything; it's just a feeling I have. He's been a guy Danny Ainge has liked for years, so I think that that Evans is a guy they're going to come away with. They might be able to do that by trading two players, you know, maybe a Nader and a Larkin together to get Evans. That I think that gets them pretty close, if not all the way where they need to be salary-wise. And then you still have the the DPE to go get another guy, whether it be in buyout or in trade. So so they're they're interesting, and, and I just I I don't know. Sometimes I don't think Danny Ainge can let a trade deadline go by without doing something. It's uh, there's times when I feel like he's like me in a fantasy football league where sometimes I'm just bored and I have to make a trade. <laughs> so it's a, uh, it's interesting. So that's, you know, I, it'll be, they're going to be, be a team to watch as they always are heading into the um, trade deadline. All right. Brooklyn Nets, Pete, go ahead. You go first. Um, they're always looking for, you know, kind of buy low talent, but I think this year they actually stand pat and they um, kind of save their, uh, moves for the summertime would would be what I would think. Um, yeah, I think know. they might have done their move already. Yeah, I think the, the Okafor Stauskas trade. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So, all right. So, guy that you think you could see them most likely to trade? Mm. Um, Joe Harris could be one. I mean, you could sell high on Spencer Dinwiddie, but um, I think they like him a lot. Um, Nick Stauskas is another one that, you know, potentially maybe they can, you know, retrade since they got him from the Sixers. That would be about it because, I mean, you're not going to get a ton for somebody like Tyler Zeller or anything like that. Yeah. All right, Con, same, same. Yeah, with with the Brooklyn Nets, I think the most interesting – I'll go with my most interesting player to trade instead of most likely. (laughs) Okay. Okay. 
I think Damari Carroll is really interesting because he is on a high contract, but a team with a bad salary might be might be willing to give up um, some sort of asset to get Damari Carroll because th- of the money to get a guy that's maybe not on a great salary but can still perform instead of having completely dead salary on the books. And I, I always try to look for Damari Carroll destinations uh, when I look at the, the Brooklyn Nets. But I, I think they, they're going to want to um, still act like a seller to get some picks as they move into their first season with a first-round draft pick next year. Yeah, I think, you know, I'm with you guys. I think sellers where they're going to be. I They could absolutely sell high on Spencer Dinwiddie, uh, but I don't know that they could sell high enough to really interest them. I think they would rather um, uh, have um, have him for $1.67 million next year. Um, that's, you know, I think that's, you know, they, that's more value to them to have him. So for me, it's Joe Harris. I think Joe Harris could help a lot of teams. Teams are always looking for wing shooters who are comfortable coming off the bench. And I think Harris makes a lot of sense as that guy for any number of teams around the NBA. I think he is a uh, guy who they, they could maybe get a you know couple of seconds for, maybe even a you know like super protected first, a top twenty or top twenty five protected first, or something like that. That would be um, really interesting uh, to to see what kind of market he has. But I like the Damari Carroll one. Um, if they were, like, closer to a playoff point, like if they were fighting for the eight seed, that would have been one more I could have seen them trading him to back to the Hawks for, like, Ilya Silver and Bellinelli and giving maybe giving up a pick. Um, and then even though they don't they don't have picks to, to give or giving away another pick probably just made all the Nets fans squeamish. So I apologize for that. That's you know, probably I probably just said really dirty words there um, with that one. So so we'll move, we'll move move on to the next team on the list, which is the Charlotte Hornets. So it's my turn. I will go first. Absolute sellers. Um, I don't buy for a minute what came out after um, that they won't trade Kemba Walker. I I do think that Michael Jordan wants an all-star back for him. He's not going to get it because it just doesn't work that way, especially not if they insist on attaching one of their bad contracts. But as much as this is painful for Hornets fans, if you you have to move Kemba Walker to get somebody else and you can attach or to just – attach a bad contract to get it off your books, you have to do it because their their cap sheet is an absolute mess. It's uh, arguably one of the, the worst in the entire NBA. So it is uh, very interesting um, to to me to see where that, where that one goes because I don't know that they need to be quite as blown away as they're making it out to be by bringing back another all-star. And I want to use this just for one of my favorite stupid salary things. Kemba Walker is the sixth highest-paid Charlotte Hornet on that roster right now, which is just absolutely mind-boggling because he is probably their best player by six degrees um, away from their next best guy. Um, so that is just uh, really, really tough to uh, swallow if you're Kemba Walker. And, you know, he's got another year left at just $12 million, where, again, he'll be the sixth highest-paid player on the Charlotte Hornets roster. So I'm going to go to UConn, Con Sellers, and 
player most likely to be traded for the Charlotte Hornets. Yeah, well, with the Hornets, I wanted to bring up uh, to front office show fans our one of our discussions back in November when I was saying we should blow up the Hornets when they were playing <laughs> like not as bad. Um, and then a couple months later, everyone's blowing up the Hornets. <laughs> um, but I think I think they obviously... It's That's it. just because you have that in with MJ. You guys are boys, <laughs> so we, we all know that. But, but yeah, so I, I've been kind of loving... I I mean, not loving what they're trying to do because they need to give up, give away their best player to rebuild and all that. But um, all this blow up the Hornets talk is intriguing. I think in terms of sellers, there. I mean, sellers or buyers, obviously sellers. And I think in terms of who should be moved or most likely to be moved, man, I want to say Batum because that's who they want to move. But I don't know if anyone's going to take Batum. I would say Jeremy Lamb would be something, someone that can maybe return some value um maybe but johnny o'brien on that low expiring is probably something that could definitely be moved in in combination with another deal all right Pete, we're gonna have to make con go first because he's just cherry picking all the minimum salary guys but that's that's why that's why i wanted to go with the most interesting (laughs) guy because no the most the most likely is never a big blockbuster you know so no, for sure. No, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. All right, Pete. Charlotte sellers, for you. Sellers, of course. Um, yeah. My pick was was Jeremy Lamb because, Lamb because oh. um, you know, he can shoot and um, gives them, you know, basically it's only really tradable asset. But maybe if somebody was willing to take a flyer on Michael Carter Williams, but oh, I'm not a huge fan of Michael Carter Williams. I don't see why anybody would. But you know, maybe. Um, in a small deal, but they, I think, honestly, I mean, they, they've got to, you know, basically shed Kimball Walker to get back on track there just because of not having any cap room in the summer. And, I mean, it's, it's going to be bad for Charlotte if, if they, you know, go into next season with all of these contracts on the roster still. You know, Michael Carter Williams only makes two point seven million dollars and he's an expiring contract. I'd make you give me Kimball Walker to take him on too. He's just he he stinks. Well, I, just, like I said, I'm I was trying to be nice and just say I'm not a fan and, and leave it at that. But you know. <laughs> I'm not gonna bother running through him all all the things. But he has to be the worst rookie of the year winner ever. Yeah, like, it's just I mean, ugh, what a it was mess. For my Sixers, so yeah, I know. And I remember uh, people arguing like, no, he's worth you know, dude, we're gonna get all this stuff for him in trade. And then, yeah, okay, that worked out well for nobody involved. So all right, let's go to the Chicago Bulls. So Con, I'm gonna let you start it because this these are your guys. So go ahead and get us cranked off with the Bulls. Uh, sell, sell, sell. I think obviously Nico Miritich is the <laughs> Nico Nico Miritich is the guy that's going to be traded. I don't think they're going to hold on to him, so that's pretty obvious. But I want them to go for Justin Holiday trades too, because I think taking on maybe some bad salary with Justin Holiday could maybe bring back a late first if they're lucky, <laughs> um, because he's the three and D type wing and can definitely help a lot of a lot of teams. And also, if anyone needs expiring money in Quincy Pondexter, try to get even a second. That would be worth it um but yeah sell any anyone you can and test the market for robin lopez but i think i feel like that's more of a next year move yeah that's so yeah i think lopez probably not this year unless somebody really needs a big it would have been great to find a way to get him back to to new orleans because i think he'd be awesome with davis 
uh, this year. I think he'd be a terrific fit with him, but uh, that's that's obviously not going to happen. So I'm with you, Sellers. Miritich, the most likely guy. Two interesting things to watch with the Bulls. Bulls are currently an over-the-cap team, but can get to as much as almost $15.9 million in cap space. They, they just have to really renounce the Jimmy Butler trade exception that they have, which expires in June. Now, they might not want to do that because they might want to use that come draft time because I don't think they're in this for a long rebuild. I think they'd like to move off what salary they can get and then bounce back quickly uh, this summer and try to get back. That's just been their MO um, basically forever in Chicago. So so they're, they're an interesting group to watch for that reason because they do have the space to take back some bad money um, as well if they need to. And then the other one that – is curious to me it, with with the Bulls is what what are they going to do with the point guards because they've got Dunn and Grants and Payne all under contract for next year. None of those guys. I mean, Chris Dunn I think has rebuilt his trade value, but I wouldn't be surprised if maybe a team says, "Hey, you got a guard you can throw us," and they they might be you know willing to, to throw one of those guys in too, assuming Payne can ever get back on the court so so the bulls are uh they're they're gonna be probably active i would say and, and i definitely think sellers and i like what you were saying con of use holiday as a way to take in some bad money and a maybe a better pick than you might have got otherwise because i think the i don't think he's been everything bulls fans hoped he would be but i still think he's a pretty good player as a 3d i think he's been better than what bulls fans hoped he would be <laughs> oh you really think so it's funny i don't know I what said, you were, I, tend I don't know what feel like i see a lot that. of hate I yeah, I, I feel like I see a lot of people just busting on him because they think he's like a gunner and things like that. But, I mean, somebody has to be. You know, when you didn't have Zach Levine, he might as well have been the guy taking all the shots. So, you know, so they're uh, – you know, but I, I do want to say, you know, with, with Chris Dunn um, being pretty good this year, I think he's been much, much improved. And then Laurie Markkinen looks like the real deal. And you've got some interesting bench guys in Portis and Valentine. Uh, I think the Bulls could be – back um as a playoff team as quick as next year if they play this right and you know maneuver cap space and get get a decent deal with zach levine and things like that because levine's got a you know kind of a mid-sized cap hold about 9.6 million dollars as a restricted free agent that's not going to be anything they can't work around so curious so pete let's go to you let you chime in bulls sellers and which who do you think's headed out of town um i think sellers and Miritich obviously is going to be gone, so that's obvious. We don't even have to touch on that. Yeah, you don't I, bench a guy, right? Let, let's yeah. we're we're all three of us are in agreement now. You you can't come back from benching him, right? And bring him back, right? Right. Okay. Um, for me, I would not be shocked to see Jerry and Grant moved, um, just because if Dunn can come back from, you know, basically busting his teeth on the floor yeah. and getting a uh, concussion, which you know, exactly. hopefully he comes back soon. Um, you know, that was awful, but. Um, I think that you could potentially, and Con, you're more of the Bulls guy, so you can tell me if I'm wrong, but you could potentially, um, you know, spot minute Denzel Valentine kind of handling the ball if you really needed to, um, if you give up Jerry and Grant's, you know, kind of, you know, minutes and, and roster spot. Um, not saying that they will look to move him, but, um, you know, potentially that's somebody that I could see. And I, I know you guys touched on Justin Holiday, so I didn't want to, you know, come right behind and say Justin Holiday as well. No, so. no, but Grant has been reported to like the Bulls have been looking and testing his his value, um, and I think it's they should. I think besides Markinen, Dunn, Levine, and I personally would say Nawaba as well. Everyone should yeah. be on the block. 
Right. And yeah, I, no, that's definitely fair. I think Grant would be a solid. I, I don't know necessarily that he's a, a NBA backup to me. I think he'd be more of a third string guard. You know, that can come in if if needed. But I think that's he's a just be- my opinion. He's a better like backup to like kind of guard guard the better uh, offensive player in the in the backcourt and can spot up when he but when he's asked to do a lot of the primary playmaking he dribbles a bit too much but we don't need to get into that <laughs> yeah you know it's interesting i think i could see even something where maybe they do grant and holiday like if a team needed really wanted holiday but could also use a an extra point guard you do grant and holiday together and then you could take back a bigger um contract from a team like that because you you combine those guys you could take back um 11.2 million in a trade so that would be interesting to see if you could 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 put something together there to to do a trade like that so all right so what we're going to do um we, we didn't get as far as we had hoped with this but with the next team looming being cleveland and that could be its own show um on all the stuff the Cavs might do what we'll do is we'll cut it here and we will before the trade deadline um some combination of the three of us we'll, we'll commit to we'll come back together um, to, to get another show, kind of a bonus episode back out there. I think after the long break, we, we owe you that much, so we'll figure out a day um, to get another episode, and we'll knock out the remainder of the league. That's, you know, unless there's another couple big trades or trade rumors to break down, that's what we'll do. But, you know, we really wanted to spend some time on the Blake um, trade and the Miritich stuff that went on because it was really interesting and really fit with what we want to do with the show. So, Con, go ahead and promote some of the other stuff you've been working on and let people know where to find you on Twitter. Yeah, so on Twitter, I'm at Con. Uh, K-A-A-N underscore M-T-D and I am one of the hosts of the Bench Mob NBA podcast. This week we actually just released our uh, Mobs trade deadline special episode where it's two part episode where we have 12 guys on each one with two to three teams doing negotiation. Oh god, yeah. that must have been a headache and a half. To, to edit, yeah. <laughs> and to, to yeah, it, it, it worked out pretty well though. I'm pretty proud of it. And also you mentioned the Cavs could be their own episode. We did a Cavs mock trade deadline episode last week where we did it from their perspective um so you can go check that out too it's the benchmob nba and you can follow us on twitter the benchmob nba dot or the at the benchmob nba and the website's the benchmob nba.com so that's what i've been doing perfect yep. all right pete tell people where to find you on twitter you can find me on twitter at pete toll nba so it's p-e-t-e-t-o-a-l nba um not a lot going you know behind the scenes with me other than having a little one so um, I did want to take just a second real quick just to say condolences to Rasul Butler and his family. Um, yeah. Unfortunately, his wife, uh, him, uh, Rasul and his wife uh, died early this morning in a tragic um, car accident. And so prayers to, to his family. Yeah, absolutely. He, he was uh, one of the very first players that I had a chance to talk to and interact with um, back a few years ago. And this is when I I was a complete idiot, didn't know anything about how to approach these guys or have a conversation. And he could not have been nicer and more gracious and generous and spent time talking to me when he did not have to. Um, it, it's always sad when something like this happens and then you see the massive outpouring of love for a guy around the DNBA and it's, you know, you could very easily see how well liked the guy he was and very much a self-made player. He won every roster spot he got by 
outworking and beating out another guy. So it's just, you know, you root for guys like that, and that's, you know, absolutely heartbreaking. So we, we echo Pete's thoughts there, prayers and thoughts to his family, as this is just going to be, you know, a devastating time for them. So, and Pete, tell people, let's, let's, uh, and here on a positive note, tell people a little bit about um, Sin Nation because I know you're you're involved in that. And it seems like you guys are picking up some steam with that. So what, go fill, fill fill the listeners in a little bit on that and how they can get involved. Uh, so Sim Nation is basically a hashtag on on Twitter, and it it's a combination of uh, video games, you know, particularly NBA Two K that that series, um, basketball, and life in general. So it's a group of guys. Um, you know, they do it. I've, I've guessed it on, uh, you know, in the past and, and, uh, know the, the host, uh, Dazar very well. Um, so those guys do a great job. You can pretty much see them, um, every Friday night, it's 10 PM Eastern. Um, you can go to YouTube and type in, um, the SIM hangout and basically watch it live. And they also have the podcast up in audio form, um, as well. So I can actually tweet that link out just to, to promote that, um, as well. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah, get, get that out there because I think it would be uh, something people might like checking out. If you're a fan of this show, you probably would, would enjoy that too. So um, as far as me, it's been a very busy month. It always is around trade deadline. Excuse me, I have the hiccups. Around trade deadline time, it's a very busy uh, group here. So um, I wrote for Real GM the 10 most tradable contracts in the NBA, the 10 least tradable contracts in the NBA. So uh, definitely – you know, by all means, please go check that out because they're they're a lot of fun to put together, and they're really uh, you know kind of kind of an interesting look. I will say the ten least tradable, I could have probably broke that all the way to twenty five deep. Um, there's that many bad contracts. Uh, the summer of two thousand sixteen, man, what if it just ruined cap sheets. So, uh, you know, check check those out. I will have a buyers and sellers uh, column. And I'm cheating off of what those columns are going to be um, for our chat here. Um, But those will be out uh, hopefully within the next uh, little bit here, as well as um, trade deadline reactions. I broke down the Blake Griffin trade from both sides and my thoughts on that. So by by all means, please check out my written stuff over there, Real GM. We've got a lot going on at Celtics blog. And then a shout out for something both Khan and I are involved in virtual scout school. Um, I am the cap guy for uh, the TPG sports group team, and we are moving into February, and that is going to be our um, salary cap focus. Is the is the salary cap is the focus for the month of February? So we're really excited. And towards the end of the month, we'll be doing a, uh, a live video chat. If you want to get involved and learn things about the NBA and about how it works and make connections and meet people, Virtual Scout School is without a doubt the most cost-effective way to do this. If you can't make it all the way out to their live event in Las Vegas and those kind of things that understand that can be tough time and money commitment for that you're going to get a lot of the same great content in the virtual scout school cons in it um con i know you're getting a lot out of it um from your time in it it's it really is it's really amazing check it out if you have any questions about it you can hit me up on twitter um or through email you can you know hit con up and he'll tell you as a student in it um kind of on the other side um, of what, what it's really like to be in there. So I think it would be really, really good um, to, you know, 
uh, check check that out. This is they're they're not a sponsor of the show or anything. This is just something I really really believe in. Super excited to have my uh, my portion of it coming up in February. Really excited that we're we're going to do that and get in and start educating people on the salary cap. So check it out, TPG Sports Group, and it's the Virtual Scout School. If you look up either one of those things, you'll find it. And uh, not too late to get in. You know they're they're always you know letting people get in and get caught up and all that stuff. So we are uh, super excited about that coming we are very very excited to be back i can promise you there will be no more long breaks barring uh one of us there you know being on our deathbed at this point and even now we might have to power through and record um you know it, it was a just stuff happens right life happens and here we are so you know thank you for hanging in there with us thanks for coming back share with your friends and be ready to go um, once again this is the nba front office show i'm your host keith smith and we will talk to you next time plug you put the plug in the drain right ah it's on the dock there's a reason they say curse like a sailor Ah, many reasons progressives boat insurance has you covered quote today at progressive.com progressive casualty insurance company and affiliates and now an ad from dad save money on car insurance when you bundle home and auto with progressive Tell you another way to save money. Don't buy those uh, expensive coffees every morning, you know. Then you can save up for a, I don't know, really nice dress shirt. I'm just saying. It's great that you feel comfortable here at work, but, you know, an adult could walk in. Progressive can't save you from becoming your parents, but we can save you money when you bundle home and auto. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and other insurers. Discounts not available in all states or situations.